1: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: We know who's in the national championship in Houston, 730 Eastern, on Monday. And Michigan is a a four-and-a-half point favorite. Joining us right now, one of our favorite dudes, Danny Connell, brought to you by Bet Online. Danny, Mike and I have been chopping this up about, you know, Washington's ability to basically score on everybody, right? They've done this... In the Pac-12, they did it in their semifinal game, and and now the question is, are they going to be able to do it against Michigan's defense? Can
3: they? Oh, that's a great question. I love it. Um, They're going to put up some points. Like, I don't think Michigan pitches a shutout, Mm -hmm. right? But Michigan, like, I I love the matchups in this game. Like, Washington's offensive line was voted the best offensive line in all of college football. They won the Joe Moore Award. Uh, they only gave up 11 sacks all season long in the regular season. And they're going up against the defense, which is one of the best defenses in the country, which just sacked Jalen Milrow six times you know, in one game well, in the Rose Bowl. So I think that's going to be an incredible matchup. But they have so many weapons, not only in Michael Penix, the guy calling the shots, but they got three wide receivers, two 1,000-yard receivers. Roma Dune, they might be the best receiver in the country. So I don't think Michigan pitches a shutout. But I think the biggest thing is going to be can Washington's offensive line protect Michael Penix, and that'll be one of the critical matchups to watch. But I think they'll put. I almost think you have to give them 14, 21 points just because of how much firepower they have on the offensive side. They were the second best uh, team against the pass. Of course, you know it is a little, a little jaded because it's you know it's the it's the Big Ten uh, for now. Right. It'll be better next year when they get those Pac-12 teams in. Danny, what about Michigan running the football right at them the way Texas did? See, Mike, this is, the, uh, this is the matchup that concerns me for a Washington fan. Because as much as people are going to talk about strength on strength, which is the one we were just talking about, Washington's offensive line versus Michigan's front seven, this is strength versus weakness. Because Washington, that has been their Achilles heel all season long, is stopping the run. They're 130th in the country, their success rate versus the run. That is you know, close to the worst in all of college football. And yet, they've sort of they've figured out ways to get stops when they need to, but they haven't faced a run, a run offense the way Michigan is going to do it. Like, I think it plays right in the wheelhouse of Michigan, not to mention what it does when you run the football. The clock is moving. You're watching Michael Pennick sit on the bench. And for a quarterback that throws it as much as they do, you want to get into a rhythm. You want to be getting a lot of reps, a lot of series, a lot of plays. And it can be incredibly frustrating to sit over there watching on the sidelines, but I do think that will be Michigan's game plan. This is a team, don't forget, that ran it 30 times in a row against Penn State. And Penn State has one of the top rush defenses in the country. They will not hesitate to run it down their throat if they can. So this is going to be a massive challenge for Washington to try to defend.
2: So, as we talk about uh, the Huskies, and, you know, they got the stop they needed, right? Quinn Ewers passed to to A.D. Mitchell, batted away. Elijah Jackson, they secure the win. Does it come down to those things? I mean, listen, I still think it's going to be a closer game than people expect. I do not expect a blowout, Danny, but, you know, if it is close, right, you've got to make those plays like they did against Texas.
3: No doubt. Um, You have to. And, you know, it's kind of funny because Michigan – Probably, I mean, they made a lot of mistakes in the game in the Rose Bowl. Like they have the fumbled punt, you know, the botched punt, which led to a Michigan, or excuse me, led to an Alabama touchdown, the first touchdown of the night. They, um, you know, field goal, extra point issues. They struggled with. Like they did not play a clean game, and yet when they had to, they got the stops and they came up big. Washington, it did feel like they got the plays that they needed to have when they had to. Like especially at the end of the game. But the one thing that I think, Mich- or excuse me, Washington will have to do that they didn't do. If you remember in the second half of the Sugar Bowl versus Texas, Texas was coughing the ball up. They had two turnovers, right. and Washington was settling for field goals. Mm, I don't think they can do that against Michigan. I think they've got to capitalize against this defense. When they get in the red zone, they've got to get touchdowns. Because if they, you know, if they sputter around and they aren't able to convert off turnovers or red zone opportunities, I think that's that will do them in because they've got to maximize every time they touch the ball. Cause like I said, I don't think they're going to get that many possessions. Seminole legend, Danny cannella with us here guys in the wait dot hotline. The, what we mentioned this earlier in the week, Danny is they, even though they, they throw it all over the place, it's not an up-tempo offense. They do kind of eat clock. Would they change any approach against Michigan? Or they still want to do what they've been doing. You saw against Texas. I think they should. Um Because, when you huddle, when you go a little bit slower, it just allows. And if you look at Jesse Mentor, the defensive coordinator for Michigan, I mean, he gave Alabama's offense fits by bringing different pressures. It wasn't one defense. It wasn't just rush form. we'll beat you with pass rush. It is confusion. And what you want to do, if you're going slow, it allows them to disguise. It allows them to you know, change the line of scrimmage. I'm not saying they have to go out be there and be something they're not. I don't want to see them all of a sudden just go all no huddle. But I think they do need to mix the tempos up, keep Michigan on their toes, you know, maybe go no huddle one, another one, do a little, you know, a little muddle huddle, which is sort of a slower, you know, it's, it's, it's not full huddle, but it's mm-hmm. go a little bit faster, we're going to huddle we're gonna get a little bit up there in the line of scrimmage. We're going to go faster. Um, I do think they should mix up tempo because if Michigan gets comfortable and starts recognizing what they're doing. It's going to be a long afternoon and I just feel like it's the best opportunity to have some success offensively. So I'd like to see them mix up their tempos on the offensive side of the ball.
2: Danny, we've been asking everybody we've talked to this week about how college football fixes the remaining bowl games. Next year we know it's 12. That will be in the college football playoff. Kirby talked about it after Florida State's game, where this needs to be fixed and the people need to figure out what they want. How do you fix it? How do you get guys motivated to play in these additional bowl games when it still allegedly is a big deal to these schools who have six or more wins that want to, you know,
3: extend the season, practice, etc. Man, it is such a massive problem. And you know, what's crazy, there's so many problems in college football. You know, I think the transfer portal window, the dates on it are the one of the more significant ones because you know, if you're playing on January 1st or after, if you're a playoff team, you know, you're trying to decide, let's say it's a backup. I mean, we had we had a backup quarterback for the Texas Longhorns, Malik Murphy, and I'm not picking on him because Mm -hmm. he did what a lot of guys would do. He left the team because he wanted to go transfer, and like, and he wasn't allowed the opportunity to finish out the season, which I do think he would have had the portal and the calendar not gone against him. He had to make that decision. I think they've got to address that. I think they can move the portal back, you know, and give exemptions for teams that are in bowl games. Let it be after January. And, and like, the academic aspect, this, this, the player has to enroll in January. and Sometimes that's early January. They want to visit schools. Give them some leeway on the amount of time they can go. Like, give them leeway if they can enroll a little bit late. Like, make it easier on them. I don't know if that solves the problem. You know, as I was watching that massacre that took place in Miami, and I do appreciate Kirby, like, calling it out because he could have easily said, he could have made his Indeed. case for the college football playoff. Oh, yeah. He could oh, have yeah. done a lot of things. He could have done a lot of things, but I thought he took the high road. I thought it was a very classy thing to do to recognize that Florida State was significantly shorthanded. So I appreciate him saying that. But like, I don't know. Like, as I was watching that unfold, I was getting frustrated. I proposed the idea: why not put all the bowls week zero? You know, have it be a bowl extravaganza at the beginning of the season. We've already seen week zero grow exponentially. I think it could be a ton of fun. You still let the teams go take their mini vacation. They can have fun. They can explore the cities. They get to stay four or five nights. It's a celebration of college football. But guess what? The game matters. Like it will impact your rankings in the pre like in the season. It'll impact the perception of your program. And most importantly, you'll get full participation. Nobody's going to skip a bowl game because it's the first game of the year. But when I say that, there's still some significant issues, right? It's a tradition right. that we've seen bowl games after the season. You know, uh, what do you do with weather? Like Miami's beautiful in January. In August, it's miserable. Like mm-hmm. how do you work that around? I do think the amount with the playoffs expanding, right. you can keep the top-tier bowl games postseason, but have them be playoff games. Make some of the lower-tier bowl games, those preseason exhibition games, that you'll get more participation in, I think that's a resolution, but it's such a massive shakeup to what we've known. I don't know if anybody would sign up for it. Right. And again, with the expanded playoff, that's uh, as Danny Cannell joins us, that was just FSU's, you know, just blind luck, the fact that this is the last year that it was just four teams. Because the thing is, uh, I was talking to Pat Forty about this the other day. Do you think we will see kids opt out even with the expanded playoff? Call from mom.
2: Answer it. Call silenced.
4: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Probably. I think it's just an unfortunate reality of, you know, money has driven a lot of these decisions and it's hard to blame them. But like I've heard some people say, well, the playoffs should pay the players, which I'm okay with. Like, yeah, we're at this point but how much are they going to pay them? Let's say it's a $50,000 bonus. Let's say it's a – and maybe it's just they sign deals with just the top-tier players. Let's say it's a $250,000 bonus. If you're a top pick in the draft, that's pennies compared to what's at stake for you with a $25, $30 million guaranteed signing bonus Mm. if you're a top-five pick. So I, I think we have to change the narrative. Like there's a lot of players that have been told by their agents and family members that, oh, you could get hurt. And I know there are some examples um, of players that have gotten hurt in bowl season, but a, a lot of times, like with medical advancements we've made now, and not to mention that the chance you get in hurt are still pretty slim that it's gonna be a you know an ACL or a significant injury. But if you do, teams will still draft you. You know, they they're not as hindered where, oh my gosh, it's not 1970, where if you tear an ACL, it means you're done. We've seen players come back and excel, in some cases, become even stronger. I mean, look at Tua's injury history. Tua Tagovailoa coming out of Alabama, he had multiple injuries. He had, you know, the tightrope surgery. He had issues. And it didn't impact his draft stock at all. You know, there's been other players that have gotten hurt, even in the championship game, that have come back and it hasn't hurt their draft stock. I think we've got to change the narrative. I do think the players can be protected you know financially if there is a catastrophic injury and i guarantee you the bowls the playoffs they would be more than willing to right. pay the insurance premium on some of those career ending injuries so that yes they are protected but i think we need to stop you know having this you know we kind of baby and coddle the players and they're giving this advice saying oh well, you can't play you can damage your career i don't necessarily buy into all that yes there's a risk but there's a risk in everything you do we've saw we've seen players tear ACLs training getting ready for their pro day like cutting on grass like it's just i I don't think you can walk around scared and just and live that way i think you try to judge the risk and take educated risk and i think the best way to elevate your draft stock is by going out and balling out in the playoffs like look at michael pennock what it did for his draft stock the game he had against texas Mm -hmm. was incredible and all of a sudden the national stage is taking notes and so is the nfl Right. We take him here. Great stuff. Danny Connell
2: brought to you by Bet Online. Enjoy the game, Danny. We'll talk to you soon, man.
4: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.